0: AFCON 2010, the trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free, makes its way to Denver, June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCOM2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates. Not to mention, over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new Search Engine Marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual Affiliate Bash and you have the complete Affiliate Trade Show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com.
1: WebmasterRadio.fm
2: feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts Robin Walsh and Brian Caldwell as they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast offering unique perspectives of both advertiser and publisher. Now, here are your hosts, Robin Walsh and Brian Brian Caldwell.
3: Welcome, everybody, to Affiliate Marketing Today. This is Brian Caldwell, your co-host. I'm here with Robin Walsh, the other co-host from Commission Junction. And uh, today we're going to be talking about promotion power. Before we jump in, I do want to mention that if you're here at AdTech Chicago, come by to the booth and, and say hi. Maybe you get a chance to, to uh, say hello to me. Um, Robin is, as always, in our Marlboro office. Um, but... Let's uh, jump into today's topic, Robin.
4: Sure. Today we're talking about promotion power. We're looking at uh, various ways for you to harness the power of promotions to build relationships and increase revenue. And this shows really for both advertisers and publishers, as we know, promotions affect both parties. Um, so looking at you know some of the details of promotions before we get into you know, best practices and examples, I think it's important for us to, to really look at what are we really talking about when we're talking about promotions. And uh, within the affiliate channel, we're talking about really two main areas. The first is related to end-user promotions. So these are promotions that are going to affect the consumer or end-user's behavior. Um, these are normally advertisers want the consumer to do some sort of a specific action. This could be signing up for a newsletter, completing a purchase, increasing cart size, etc. Uh, we normally see these in the forms of coupon codes, sale-priced items, inventory blowouts, and uh, many others. And the other one that we're talking about, which I know is near and dear to Brian's heart, is looking at publisher incentives. Oh, so of course. <laughs> what kind of alternative ways can we incent... Uh, publishers to promote the program or the offer for the advertiser Um, and again this is also driving a specific action so we want them to increase the promotions Put different placements on their website, maybe in a newsletter. Uh, we often see these types of promotions uh, being, you know, short-term or long-term performance incentives, which would be, you know, some sort of a if you reach a certain threshold in sales, you'll have a, a bump in your percentage of sale. We've also seen sales contests, flat bonuses, all sorts of fun stuff.
3: Well, I think it's also fair to say that, uh, in addition to everything you just mentioned, that you know, from a publisher incentive perspective, sometimes. Um, a really great promotion is intended to, uh, solely to recruit or engage publishers who are not actively working with your program already. Um, I, I'm sure you see that fairly often, right, Robin?
4: Definitely. I mean, you know, launching a new program—you, you know, want to blow the doors off of it before you know you're you're done with your first month of of being live. A, and a promotion's a great way to do that, both for the end user and for the publisher. Um, another thing to consider. Um, you know, when you're thinking about the advertiser and, and putting yourself in the advertiser's shoes, always look at, you know, you know we have primary goals. So we have, you know, normally top-line revenue or number of sign-ups is our primary goal. But also remember there, there are secondary goals. Um, keep those in mind when you're developing these various promotions. Um, and as we talk further through these various areas, we'll be able to uh, think about some of the primary and secondary goals.
3: So, Robin, um, obviously you know end user incentive and publisher incentive those are um, great delineations between the types of promotions that are typically used let 's take a quick look at the types of business models from both an advertiser and a publisher perspective that are most likely to make the most use of promotions um, and I know I can start on the on the publisher side of things uh, in, in my world you know, the loyalty um, models are uh, I love to use promotions, especially on an exclusive basis, uh, that they, they tend to use those because they can add a, a great deal of value to their member base. Um, I know that all the coupon sites and the deal sites that are out there, obviously, you know, that is their business model in, in many cases, is to present uh, the, most, uh, the most relevant uh, coupons to their audience, whether it be a member base or not. Um, I don't see uh, search publishers using promotions all that often, but um, maybe you can prove me wrong on that one, Robin. Would you, have, have you seen that?
4: Um, actually, we have seen that. Um, more so, you know, less so recently with respect to some of the changes that have been made, especially, you know, through Google, allowing, um, you know, one domain per site being listed. Back in the days when we saw, you know, more domains being listed, you could see affiliates that were promoting different messages. So um, and I think that is something that is still useful uh, for search publishers. Allow them to to really you know clench the deal. So if you're searching for, you know, a consumer electronic product and there might be, you know, tons of listings on the page, both you know, paid and natural, having some sort of an offer or, or coupon for that end user will help to draw their attention to your listing. So that's something that can definitely help uh, publishers to stand out compared to their um, other folks that are listed within the search rankings.
3: That, that's a good point. Although obviously, there are certain restrictions on when you can add a coupon into, say, a PPC advertisement on, in a Google AdWords or a Yahoo or an MSN or an Ask G site. One other model that I know uses coupons uh, or, or promotions and, and to good, good value is the email market place. And this might be emails uh, that are going out as solo drops mm-hmm. and might be used to entice the consumers into to clicking through to find out more about that offer, uh, you know, take action. Um, or it might be in a newsletter that's being sent out and used to draw, draw attention, maybe even on a seasonal basis. Um,
4: Definitely, I was just going to add to that, especially for some of the solo. So, most newsletters are built to promote offers. So, your your the advertisers are lumped in with many different. other advertisers in there, the solo emails are normally something that you know the advertisers are paying additional uh, funds for, and having some sort of an end user offer is going to really help to increase the interest in that offer, and hopefully help to increase the conversion rates when they do actually come to your site. So, I highly recommend having some sort of an end user offer when you do a solo email.
3: Absolutely, and so what types of um, advertiser models are generally? Um, Using promotions—is it everyone, or are um, there a certain, segment, certain segments? Certain
4: segments. <laughs> My default answer is it should be everybody. That being said, it's not. Um, you know the the highly well, competitive. Well, well, let me interrupt
3: you there for a second because sure. to be fair, I mean I I don't know. Maybe you can correct me because uh, I'm wrong on this one. But <laughs> how would you sell a mortgage on a, uh, using a promotion, or you know what I mean? I, I, and, I don't see that that being it, used. Very
4: much. And that's actually a challenge because when you're getting into some of, uh, especially the financial products, they can't incent people to apply for a mortgage or apply for a credit card. So that's those are the areas that we have the most challenges with the end-user promotions. Um, we have seen some folks do, you know, get a free credit report if you do X, Y, or Z. That would be considered an end-user promotion. Um, looking at, you know, trying to to take their product offering and spinning it into a promotion, which sometimes is a little far-fetched, but sometimes it will allow you additional placements. Um, We've seen, uh, you know, if you use your credit card, get a $10 credit on your first uh, bill, um, even, you know, uh, intro APRs for credit cards. That, in essence, is an end-user promotion that says, hey, for the first six months, you'll get zero percent.
3: Okay, and I I maybe have to eat my words a little bit because obviously there are also the publisher incentive side, and those can be used to great uh, effect to try and attract um, the top quality publishers in a very highly competitive market, such as financial services or travel or maybe music or shoes or something like that.
4: Without a doubt, and the the key thing to remember, which we'll get into throughout the, the show today, is making it worthwhile. So is it worthwhile to the publisher? Is it worthwhile to the end user? If it's not, you're wasting your time and putting resources into something that's not going to convert for anybody.
3: Because publishers can always walk somewhere else, can't they?
4: It's a very competitive market out there. As
3: well as the end users. Um, So just going back real quickly before we take a a break, uh, which model, which advertiser models do you see most often using, um, say, an end user incentive?
4: Sure. Uh, Most often, it would be retailers. Whether it be you know your books, movies, and music type websites, your consumer electronics, um, your home goods—basically anything that that would be considered a retail purchase—we normally see end user offers. Some lead generation folks they have much less like flexibility. Whether it be um, laws or it might just be their product, you you can't have an incentive, or they can't afford an, uh, an incentive.
3: Well. Having said that, I think we need to take a quick break and uh, keep the lights on around here and, and keep our sponsors happy. So we'll be right back after a quick commercial break. Please stay
4: tuned for Affiliate Marketing Today.
2: You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned.
1: into a fortune. With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, Westhost is not your basement hosting company. Starting at three ninety five dollars a month, Westhost offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry. Yet, they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at Westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's Westhost.com. W-E-S-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O-T-O- T H O S T dot com when you expect more from your web host.
2: Party love. A star.
5: I thought you were gonna stay tonight, aren't you?
2: Well I am. I was originally gonna, you know, try and a few extra people popping into town. I'm gonna have to hook up a few beers and you know get stick good. Back.
5: I almost got the feeling they were tossing back some drinks <laughs> or
2: something. Maybe Matt has finally given up the sprite.
1: Party like a rock star! It
2: is like after seven o'clock down here, which means it's way past drinking time. Yep. I think I'm gonna head out and we're gonna go to this little club here called the Flying Saucer, sit out on the patio,
5: drink some blue moons.
1: Party like a rock
5: star. We'll sit down by the bay and have a, a nice evening uh, in Canada cocktail.
1: Maybe you and I'll have to throw a party. i
5: will charge money to put people in,
1: though.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll be like the guys in high school charging three bucks a head for the two keggers in the backyard. Hey, that works for me. SEO Rockstars,
2: Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio.fm.
4: <laughs>
2: d- 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 now. Back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host.
4: Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. I'm Robin Walsh, here with my co-host Brian Caldwell, and we are talking today about promotion power. Uh, How can you use promotions to enhance your program and build relationships? And uh, we were just talking about some definitions and who the the target business models are. Um, I think a great next subject will be to look at some of the benefits, both from the publisher and the advertiser. So, Brian, why don't we hop into some of the publisher benefits?
3: (laughs) Well, of course. Um, The the intent here, obviously, is to um, do a number of things. Get noticed, create calls to action, maybe, as I mentioned earlier, um, recruit Publishers and engage the publishers to a, a given program. So, I mean, the primary benefits that a publisher is going to be looking for an advertiser to step up to the plate with is things that allow uh, them to add value to their visitors. Obviously, publishers have uh, you know the, the value that they're bringing to the table. A great deal of that is going to be the amount of traffic they're they're uh, able to generate. And if they can generate uh, a, a, if they if they generate traffic, they want to be able to convert as much as possible. But B, if they can use promotions as a way to generate more traffic, um, all the better. So, again, if if publishers see an offer that's going to add value for their visitors, then they're more likely to jump on that. Um, Another great benefit that a publisher is looking for is ways to drive repeat visitors to their site. So if a promotion is set up in a way that is going to allow um, or entice a visitor to come back again and again and again, because they, they know that um, that you know, particular publisher site provides a, a particular type of promotion in a in a product range that they're really interested in, say, I don't know, children's shoes for, for working moms or, um, I don't know, we can come up with any number of different examples, but anything that's going to help bring the, uh, pub, the consumer back time and again, that's going to be of great value to the publisher. Obviously, you know, money talks. So... <laughs> Uh, anytime a publisher gets a chance to earn a higher commissions that's going to get their attention however you know, publishers are savvy and so they'll be able to see through offers that look like they're going to be able to earn higher commissions but in reality um, they won't maybe that's uh... maybe there's good spin put on the promotion uh... to make it look like it's a, a positive thing uh, but in fact uh... the publishers going to continue earning the same types of commission they always have so I mean, you've got to be careful when you're you're going out the door saying you're going to earn a higher commission. You need to be able to back that up with proof. A good example is saying um, a promotion is going to save, say, uh, $50 off of, off of offers that are $200 or greater. Well, if you're selling a, a product that's you know your least expensive product in the $2,000 range, $50 off of $2,000, that's not a whole lot. So the consumers going to be savvy enough to understand that, and the publishers going to be savvy enough to understand that. So they might not actually be earning, earning higher commissions. So I think
4: th- that's a great point, and it's something that you know within the the affiliate um, industry, we're constantly trying to build, maintain, and improve relationships. And you know, you can you can fool an affiliate potentially once, but that's going to burn that relationship, and they're going to be less apt to work with you at all again or to really, you know, put their neck on the line for you. Because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, who's taking the risk, and there are debates back and forth. I don't want to open that can of worms. But the affiliate needs to know that, that they're being marketed to in a, in a fair way, just as the end consumer needs to know that they're being marketed to in a fair way.
3: Exactly. I think the last thing on my list here is a combination of all of the above, really. It's anything that a publisher sees that can increase conversions. Like if they can take the same traffic that they're currently generating, and get a higher CR rate, then obviously there's there's more money involved there for the publisher and for the advertiser. And So, you know, if, if a publisher, I, I and here we're kind of getting into the um, communication back and forth and relationship building, but if a publisher sees an opportunity to create greater amounts of conversions, then they should not feel hesitant to reach out to an advertiser and, and proactively make suggestions on what a, a great promotion might be, mm-hmm. either – a, to entice them, the publisher, into working with that, that advertiser to a greater extent, or B, to um, help entice the publisher's traffic into converting themselves into greater numbers of sales.
4: Right, and we're constantly struggling with you know the chicken and egg syndrome of, um, you know, do publishers, should the advertiser give a publisher a higher... Uh, commission rate from the start? Do they need to prove themselves? And I think to that last point that you made, Brian, looking at, you know, contacting the advertiser and letting them know, hey, this would work great for me. This would make me, you know, incented to work hard for you and really be your sales force for you is something that that's very powerful. And I think it's also if you're pulling together examples of promotions um, or compensation that will work well for you, if it's realistic and the advertiser can say, yeah, that makes sense. I know that you have some skin in the game. We have some skin in the game. They might be more apt to, to actually give you that higher rate or coupon.
3: Yeah, but I, I know that um, communication between publisher and advertiser is something that we've mentioned on almost every one of these shows. and It's, it's not because most publishers are hiding or most advertisers really are ignoring publishers request, but I I draw the point out because in a lot of cases, publishers simply let their contact information lapse into something that was relevant last year, but this year they've moved and their uh, email or phone numbers have changed and they haven't updated their account information, and they could simply be losing out on a lot of opportunity because advertisers are attempting to contact them, and they're not able to.
4: Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's it's a frustrating point for advertisers and conversely when publishers can't get in touch with advertisers. Um, yeah. And it, it, the, that's definitely a two-way street, but I agree. Everyone needs to keep their contact information up to date. Um, it will definitely enhance relationships.
3: So you talked earlier about um, kind of primary and secondary goals that advertisers are setting up. Um, maybe you can go through some of the benefits that an advertiser is going to see Um, related to those primary and secondary goals of of a given program from from working with promotions?
4: Sure. Uh, First and foremost, which is normally the most popular and normally the primary goal is driving revenue. Um, most affiliate program managers, most companies, have revenue goals and targets that they need to hit um, each day, week, month, quarter, and fiscal year. Um, so that is really the primary. Um, and again, that's for retailers. For some of the the lead type programs, it might it's, they're they're looking to drive the number of total leads. Um, some programs definitely have secondary goals. Um, Sticking with the lead example, they might have to, you know, increase the balances transferred um, through their credit card acquisitions. um, Or they might want to get people to sign up for a secondary offer. So, you know, get this credit card and get a credit report, items like those. Uh, For more of the retailers, they're looking at a ton of different secondary um, goals, driving new customers, increasing card size. Blowing out excess inventory. Um, there's so much out there for advertisers that they need to do um, and need to, um, you know, have some help with. And by incenting the publishers to, you know, do a sp- have a specific action or promote a specific product, they can definitely help in these secondary goals.
3: So, Rob and I know maybe some additional f- benefits uh, that advertisers might see would be to, to try and get additional placement on publisher sites. So. In other words, to, to use a great offer um, in the form of a promotion to entice a publisher to give up more real estate on their home page or in their, their deep landing pages in order to promote a different uh, or particular brand um, or a particular type of product, sometimes referred to as coverage. Right? And, and one, I know one of the tactics there is to, um, as an advertiser, to provide multiple promotions that span different products or different services. Um, or maybe different different time frames, and those those tactics are going to be used uh, to entice the publisher or aid of the program, but also that publisher is going to realize the benefits of, of kind of, I, I would call it even saturation placement on, on their website because uh, they're going to drive a lot of conversions based on the high-quality promotion that the advertiser is offering.
4: Definitely, and I think that this is a key area that, that some advertisers don't quite get. Um, you know, where some advertisers focus on, I can't afford to pay publishers anymore. This is a great opportunity to say, okay, maybe, I, maybe I'm paying them the highest percentage possible, but I have this other budget that I can use for a coupon or, uh, you know, decrease in the sale price on a product or working with a manufacturer to pull together a rebate that will entice the end user to purchase that product or that, you know, category of products. Um, You know, when talking to publishers, we've seen, you know, I've I've done some surveys with publishers to to ask them, you know, what are they interested in? If they had to pick between one or the other higher commissions or a great end-user offer, most times they'll say, I want a great end-user offer because they will make more money with that because they'll be able to drive more volume. They'll be able to increase conversion rates, and if it's a, you know, a decent-priced product, that average sale will be you know, significantly higher than their average.
3: Right. The, the thing to keep in mind is that that's always a balance between higher commission rates and, and more conversion rates, mm-hmm. right? And so one way that a you know, savvy advertiser can push their revenues higher is by focusing um, slightly less on the, the per payout that they can give on, a, on each individual conversion, um, but focus more on uh, providing tools to the publishers that are going to help the publisher convert more of their existing traffic. Right.
4: And if, if they know that they're going to be able to convert more with your specific offer, you will probably displace another competitor. So there's only one top spot in a newsletter. There's only a few spots on a home page or, you know, a, a category page for the publisher's website. So if you're, you know, wondering and, you know, talking to your, to your program manager, say, why is so-and-so mentioned instead of me? Why are they getting all these placements? Most likely those placements have to do with a great end-user offer.
3: And I would even take a step back from that, um, something we talked about before we jumped on the show today, and that's to have a really good plan. You know, As an advertiser, you need to be well aware of all the different um, placement opportunities that you have for promotions and, and the different benefits that you um, receive from those types of placements. Um, so you, you just made a great great point there, Robin. Is obviously, um, not only are we trying to get as many, as, from an average perspective, not not only are we trying to get as many publishers working with our program as possible, obviously the right ones, but we're trying to get as much, um, uh, the higher conversion rate as possible. We also have to play the competitive game and make sure that our competition isn't beating us to the punch with that and, and securing that prime spot when we really want that.
4: Definitely. You know? And that... You know, driving specific offers for the end users um, is great as a great tool to use channel wide. Um, there are other ways to do that and, and build those relationships with the publishers, um, including you know offering some publishers that are doing well with your program or that are um, you know really solid publishers offer them an exclusive coupon or an exclusive deal. Um, That goes a long way. Um, It helps to go back to some of those earlier publisher benefits where that helps that publisher to build um, repeat visitors and to build value for their visitors. So they're going to be interested in promoting that, even more so than just a a regular program-wide coupon or offer.
3: Right, and, and one of the things you need to be aware of when you're trying to build relationships is to focus your energy in the right, the right type of publisher. And all your publishers out there, you need to be aware of the perspective that you present to the advertiser. And what I mean by this is, if you know, if you're, you're a solo operator working out of your basement, um, you know, you can have two perspectives. You can have two different profiles to an advertiser: um, that of a solo operator who is kind of a fly-by-night and doing whatever you can or that of a very professional organization that offers um, to, to work with an advertiser and in, 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 a, in a relationship uh, that's a, a two-way street where both sides are seeing benefits. And obviously, um, from an advertiser's perspective, you know, you may look at those larger companies as, as being your better um, opportunities, but I would really encourage you to look at the solar operators because sometimes they are they can be a much more nimble than a, an organization that has hundred hundred different uh, employees on, on, on staff.
4: Right, and you can also be more creative with the promotions that you put together for that publisher. Um, and this is something that I know we're going to talk about a little bit later, but you know, looking at who your audience is, not just for the end user offers, but also for your publisher-specific offers, are they going to respond to cash? Are they going to respond to a new car? So you know, thinking about who your audience is um, will help to build those relationships and you know, testing out different offers.
3: Yeah, and I think the last thing we wanted to point out here for advertising Benefit, we may have mentioned it earlier, but just to underline it, is that you can use promotions um, in two primary ways, both to expand your existing programs, higher conversion rates, more money, et cetera, more revenue. Um, You can also use it to launch new programs. And I know know that is sometimes overlooked. You can launch new programs in two ways, both uh, to publishers in order to entice them in because it's a new program, no one's worked with you previously, but also out to the end, end audience. Um, it's a new brand. It's a new product. Um, you want to get it out there in a big way, and a great way to do that is with a, a great introductory offer.
4: Right, and again, that feeds back into those secondary goals of, okay, you have your top-line revenue, but you want to launch a new product. you know, Some manufacturer came out with a new product, and you want to get that out into the publisher's hands and out onto their sites to promote to their end users. So that's a very strong way to do it. Um, And in those types of instances, definitely looking at the end user offer and the publisher offer Um, and a lot of communication and education that goes into letting them know why this is big and why it's important and why they should promote it.
3: Exactly. Okay, well, it, it's that time again. Our uh, sponsors are getting a little hungry. We're going to need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. But before we do that, let me just mention that you can always reach out to us directly. Uh, Kim and I do read your emails. Um, so please be sure to send any comments or questions or uh, constructive criticism <laughs> to podcasts at cj.com. That's plural, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, at cj.com, and, and we'll be happy to reply. So we'll be right back with more
2: affiliate marketing today. You're just minutes away from more affiliate marketing today. Stay tuned. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is
1: going to be awesome. Hey Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenisRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. A rose by any other name would still be the same.
5: From WMR Studios, from Academy Award winning producer, Mr. Producer, and Academy Award winning director, Mr. Intern, comes a two hour roller coaster ride of thrills. Excited about the uh, different things that are going on here? Chills. Wow, that's excellent. And pure adrenaline. How are you doing today, Greg? Excellent. 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 And again, sounds like the show's going pretty well for you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Next Stuff Now's Chris Tolles. Excellent. And uh, welcome to Next Stuff Now. Good karma's good ROI, Greg Nyland. Trying to put your hole in the dam with all the cracks. You know, as soon as you get one, there's always a new one. Excellent. Star in the blockbuster event of the summer, Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure. Um, yeah, that's excellent. Critics it as the best buddy movie of the year. East meets West in his laugh-out-loud box office classic. Excellent. You'll cry, you'll cheer for Chris and Greg's Excellent Adventure. Rated EX4 Excellent
0: Yay! Check out Next up Now with Chris Tolls Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern And Good Karma Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Only on Webmaster Radio
5: Coming soon to a podcast near you
1: Excellent
2: Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today Only on WebmasterRadio.fm Here's
4: your host Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today I'm Robin, here with my co-host Brian and we're talking about promotion power. And just before the break, we are talking about some of the advertiser and publisher breaks. And now we should get into some of the, uh, the best practices, um, specifically focusing on the, the publisher side first, um, and then getting into the si- advertiser side later. Um, and my, my biggest best practice warning or uh, plea for publishers is to keep offers up to date. Um, many calls, many concerns from advertisers come from, um, you know, their CEO just saw an offer that's two months old being promoted on an affiliate site, and they need to get this down as soon as possible, and they're concerned about branding and customer experience and all that fun stuff. So that that's my biggest plea for uh, publishers.
3: Yeah, And I definitely concur with that, and I, I would like to say that this goes both ways, uh, <laughs> because Keeping offers up to date is probably one of the, the biggest pet peeves for publishers that actually use promotions as a primary means for, for uh, converting their traffic. Um, and What I mean by that is that you know, obviously offers uh, are good for a short period of time and, and they tend to expire after that period of time. Um, but in a lot of cases, advertisers don't take the necessary steps to either expire the offer, so links might still be available. Um, They don't necessarily clearly communicate when uh, an offer is going to be expired. Um, But on the flip side also, again, publishers need to make sure that their contact information is up to date. Um, And if you're using a network system that um, sends information to you uh, from an advertiser, internal, and it isn't using an external email system, in other words, you need to make sure that you're checking that system to uh, pick up any messages that an advertiser might have sent you that says things like, hey, you're running an advertisement that's out of date. Uh, because the last thing that the publisher wants to do is, is waste their traffic on an offer that's not going to convert for them. And so they absolutely want to make sure that any out-of-date offers are pulled off of their site and out of their emails.
4: Agreed. And I think one way to, to help manage that really from, from both sides um, of the spectrum is putting together plans. Um, I was
3: just about to say that.
4: <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, it's something that is so simple, but people just don't take the time to to take a step back from both sides of the business and really look at, okay, you know Q4 is holiday shopping season. No brainer, we, we get it. Okay, so Q4 is done. but there are other times of of the year that really do require planning, and there are some seasonality uh, factors that the publishers might might not know about, that the advertiser needs to share, or or vice versa. Um, Looking at, you know, back to school is a big time for consumer electronics and home goods to, you know, furnish dorm rooms, Um, but also looking at, you know, other times of the year. For example, January is great for lead programs. And it's also great for used books um, through some of the, the the book manufacturers. So knowing when and what to promote is a huge, huge benefit for publishers.
3: Exactly. And, and if you can, as an advertiser, if um, you step up and you can map out your programs and hand that out to, to the, the key publishers that you work with, you're going to be in a much better position uh, creating a stronger relationship with that publisher you're going to be in a much better position to ultimately generate a lot more revenues if you can step up and say, okay, our clearance sales occur during these times of the years, or we focus on the back-to-school, or we focus on the graduation time of year, or, um, hey, tax season is a really big time of year for us, etc." cetera. Uh, and if you can tie in and pre-plan your promotions um, both at a, at a generic level i.e. promotions that most of your publishers are going to use, as well as uh, where you might be able to step up and offer more specialized, uh, exclusive offers to particular publishers. You're going to be in a much better position all the way around, and your publishers are going to appreciate you all the more. And, And hence, you're creating a lot more loyalty.
4: And you might get better placements. So, if public, if you know we're we're telling publishers to to plan ahead to have a yearly calendar, if they know what spots are going to be good for certain advertisers, they might actually block that out. You might not have to increase their commissions. You might just need to do a an end user offer, or maybe you negotiate with them to say, Hey, this is a big time of year, so let's do a, an end user promotion and let me you know bump your commissions for this time period. Um, it's it's really a win-win for both sides of the business.
3: Exactly. All right. So that was all best practices for pubs. Keep offers up to date. (laughs) Um, Obviously, a big topic there. Um, So planning is probably the the key thing on both sides to to keep in mind. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Um, I would also stress for publishers to be very aware of the placement options that you have in your your different campaigns. Uh, What I mean is, obviously, you have a homepage, potentially. You have... um, Deep pages uh, that focus on specific topics, themes, um, product types, categories, etc. You might have um, member lists where you can generate uh, emails, and you can do it as uh, both solo drop emails as well as the newsletters, which we talked about earlier. Um, and you could be placing offers into your, your pay per click campaigns, as, as Robin mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, just be very aware of your available inventory that you would like to try and get a promotion put into place. And so um, that would be a best practice kind of map out your, your game plan very uh, precisely.
4: hmm and make sure that you're taking advantage of the tools that are available for you. Um, some advertisers have done a really good job working with their tech departments to pull together different resources for publishers. For example, an, an RSS feed of new offers that show up within certain categories. I've seen some travel advertisers do this, and I think it's a great value add. It's keeping the, the content fresh on your site. You know that you're promoting the best offers. Um, it helps to audience your process to get offers posted so you're not, you know, up there typing at all hours of the day and night trying to get the new offers posted and making sure that they are being kept up to date. Um, So RSS is a great example. Newsletters. Many advertisers hand deliver new promotions to you on a, you know, probably a weekly or monthly basis. Read those newsletters and pull the, the, the links right out of them.
3: So as opposed to an end-user-targeted newsletter, this is a publisher-targeted newsletter. So, again, that comes back to communications. Publishers, you need to make sure that you can be contacted because, as we've mentioned it several times now, advertisers are trying to reach out to you, and it's not always with uh, uh, you know some fluff about them themselves. It, it's sometimes a very valuable opportunity that you could miss out on if you don't know about it. Um, just going to back to RSS for a second, um, if you're a publisher that has greater technical expertise than the average... Um, and, you know, I, I would probably consider RSS at this point in, in the evolution of, of the Internet marketing game. The RSS is still fairly cutting edge. If you have the ability to handle RSS feeds as a publisher, make sure that advertisers know this, because right now I can tell you there are a lot of advertisers that are specifically looking for publishers with this capability. And if you can handle um, more raw XML, if you can do any, anything else that's above and beyond your average mom-and-pop a- affiliate out there, Make sure that advertisers know it. That's definitely a best practice to keep in mind
4: and that definitely helps the advertiser to think about priorities on their end, they might not have the tech resources slated to help with, you know, RSS for affiliates until, you know, 2007. Obviously, I don't like to hear that, but um, it's sometimes a fact. But if we can put together a business case of, of why and how the publishers will respond to this and what type of placements they'll receive, that will help the advertiser to get more resources internally to help you and make your life easier.
3: Exactly. Um, Okay, I think there's – what else is out there for best practice? Well, obviously, as part of your business, you should be tracking your ROI across the board. Um, I I think it would be a very good idea to track ROI for promotions independent of or as a subset of your your regular um, tracking metrics. Um, One thing you want to do in general is make sure that you're optimizing – for the best possible revenue yield across the board, promotions are one lever to pull, generally speaking, for a publisher. And so if, um, if a publisher can quantify the particular ROI they're receiving from a promotion to make sure that, for example, they're not cannibalizing their other traffic for, for whatever reason by focusing on a particular brand that offered a great promotion, then you're in a position of, of power to step back and say, yes, I've done the best possible for myself based on the type of traffic that I'm getting and the amount of traffic that I'm getting, I know that offering this particular promotion was a very positive um, thing for me because I can prove it with this ROI number right here.
4: Exactly. That, that's huge, and that's something that you know, both publishers and advertisers need to pay attention to. Um, from a publisher standpoint taking that even a step further and thinking about what types of offers will you respond to in general. Uh, for example, for commission-related offers, are you going to be incented by um, different performance thresholds? So let's say each month you you produce you know, $1,000 in sales and that increases your commission rate by 1%. Is that something that, that works for you? Or is it something that you know, you'd rather have some sort of a, a flat bonus opportunity, some sort of like a, a sales goal? Or is it you know a new car so what are you going to respond to and what can you respond to some publishers you know you have the one-man band and you know that that affiliate's at home and he's trying to figure out you know what's going to make him the most money for the time that he spends Um, or he might be attracted to a new Porsche Boxster so he might promote the heck out of that program that's one subset of the publisher group but also looking at you know, different companies and corporations that are your publishers. Those people who are in charge of placing your ads for the advertiser, they can't respond to a Porsche. They're not going to get it. If it happened to you know, get you know, promoted to your company and you receive the car, they might raffle it off, they might sell it, who knows. So making sure that you know, you're, you're going to respond to an offer that benefits you is key.
3: A- absolutely, and, and I would... Um uh, probably add to a best practice list for pubs to be <laughs> look, look at an offer with um, kind of a jaded eye. I hate to say it, but there are certain advertisers Don't
4: say it come on <laughs> <laughs> you 've got to
3: say it because you know uh, you 're publishers out there you 're not stupid, and advertisers sometimes I believe um, might try and pull the wool over your eyes from time to time, for example, maybe packaging up a special offer. Um, Uh, or packaging up a pitch as a special offer when in fact it's their standard compensation structure, for example. Um, Or maybe uh, packaging up an offer that is actually the advertiser's primary pitch and maybe their business model in general, for example, offering free shipping. Well, maybe free shipping is is great. Maybe it's not. If it's something that comes standard with every single offer in every single um, promotion channel that that advertiser is using, affiliate, online media, TV, et cetera, then that's not really a a special offer, is it? That's not a promotion that a publisher can make any use of because it's everywhere. Well, I'm
4: going to disagree with you a little bit here in the respect that... Free shipping is still a great motivator for the end user. So if you're looking at, let's say you have a, you know, you have a coupon website and you're built out by different categories. So you have Mm -hmm. digital cameras or even, you know, uh, laptops as one of your, your different categories and you're promoting different advertisers. Maybe you have some sort of a matrix and here are the different offers, here are the different companies. Free shipping is still a very powerful tool, yes, it might be something that the advertiser offers all the time, but it still will make them stand out to the end user.
3: But is it a promotion in that standpoint? I hear what you're saying, Um, and I think we're agreeing to disagree a little bit, but if free shipping is something that the advertiser typically offers, I really couldn't classify that as a promotion.
4: I I, I do understand what you're saying. It's not something that's (laughs) short-term. This is limited time only. But I think it is something that is important. Um, And if they do have something else, like a sale, that might not be the most aggressive promotion that you normally see, but combine that with free shipping, then you have something really good to push out to your end users, and you're going to drive value for them.
3: I agree. That secondary portion of the promotion is, is the key in my mind in this particular instance because if the consumer can see free shipping for a given brand on every uh, website that they visit but if one website stands out because it offers some some kind of a special discount in addition to the free shipping then that's a motivator for the consumer and it becomes a valuable promotion to the publisher
4: i'll agree with that
3: one all right (laughs) (laughs) okay so we kind of covered uh um some best practices for publishers obviously other folks in the audience that are listening probably have some other ideas please send your emails out to podcasts at cj.com we'd love to to hear more uh, about this Um, next thing we're going to be talking about is best practices for advertisers but before we do that we need to take a real quick break we'll be right back after this commercial message with more affiliate marketing today
2: You're just minutes away from more affiliate marketing today. Stay tuned.
1: Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct to consumer communication by implementing web 2.0 technologies. PR web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR web is the first news to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com AdSense now.
2: Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host...
3: Welcome back, everybody. This is Affiliate Marketing Today with your hosts, Robin Walsh and Brian Caldwell. That's me. Uh, Today we're talking about promotion power as it relates to affiliate marketing. And we've just covered some information, kind of best practices for publishers. Now we want to focus on some best practices for advertisers. And, you know, I I don't want to open a whole can of worms here, but I I do know, Robin, that um, some affiliate marketing managers might face a challenge to get approval to use promotions for the affiliate channel. Isn't that true?
4: Yes. Yes, and that's, that's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, there are different promotions that are exclusive. There are different ways that, you know, publishers promote advertisers that they may not feel is the best way that they want to move forward for, from a brand perspective. Right. So, yeah, oftentimes, you know, some advertisers do require permission or they're only sending out offers to, you know, a smaller subset A publisher, so not everybody sees them or is offered promotions.
3: So go ahead. I was just going to say, so probably at the top of the list for um, best practices for advertisers, wouldn't you then say? You know, again, not to open a whole can of worms here, that the best practice would be to definitely uh, use promotions for the affiliate channel because the affiliate channel is just as valuable in many cases as any other channel you might be using.
4: We hope so; otherwise, you know, won't be in business very long. Um, But in all seriousness, I mean, uh, affiliates are the sales force for an advertiser. Um, Advertisers need to look at them in in that way and and really provide a level playing field for all of their marketing campaigns, not just talking about affiliate, online, offline. Um, Really, you know, make sure that you're offering um, deals to everybody and not excluding affiliates. Um, Making sure that offers attractive um, so you've gotten permission to provide the affiliate channel with coupons, make sure the coupon's attractive and it's actually going to produce something, some action for the end user. In that case, you'll then get placement on the publisher website. Um, if it's not attractive either for an end user or a publisher, you're not going to go anywhere and you're going to spin your wheels. Um, other items that we've talked about earlier, thinking about other kind of you know best practices for advertisers, offer an exclusive coupon or deal for some of your top Publishers. This is a great way to, to build relationships with those publishers, and it's also a great way for them to build value with their users and build their relationships with their end users. The net result of that is going to be better relationships between the advertiser, the publisher, and the end user, which is you know the ideal scenario.
3: Right, and I, you know I don't think you can emphasize that particular one enough. Actually, the exclusive offer is not necessarily to um, for, for the. And consumer as much as it is for creating that relationship between the advertiser and the publisher. I mean, it is for both, but it really helps creating a good relationship on the basis of an exclusive.
4: Definitely. Um, two big items that, that sometimes are overlooked. From an advertiser perspective, push your tech team for development on the website to allow more functionality. So for example, I hear a lot of times people are concerned about coupons going viral and costing them millions of dollars. Well, you know what, develop a new type of coupon that is limited to 500 uses or 1,000 uses. That will give you more flexibility and will mitigate your risk, and it might help you sell a coupon or an offer to your internal team a little bit easier because you know how much it's going to cost. It's fixed, there's no concerns. Um, the other thing with respect to you know, managing the coupon and offer deals internally is managing the customer experience. So if you have a, you know, you're in the industry and you have to exclude a lot of products or brand names, have a specific landing page pulled together. Make it easier for the publisher to promote that offer. They don't have pages available to promote to your offers. They can't say this excludes 50 different products. Make, do that for them. Make their life easier. Um, other items to consider. Um, make for, with respect to incentives, publisher incentives, make sure it's attainable. Um, and actually this goes for coupons and offers to the end user too. Back to your example, Brian, saying, you know, $20 off of a $200 purchase, but your lowest priced item is $2,000. That's not worthwhile for anyone. It's really not an attainable offer. Um, same goes with, you know, commissions.
3: Yeah, I, and I would also add another example to that because you know, let's say you offer um, I don't know a discount that uh, the consumer clicks through on, you know, so you get the click through on a on a discount, maybe staying at a, at, a, at an inn or something. Um, but when the consumer lands on, um, it looks at the details of what <laughs> what they need to do to actually earn the discount, and it end, ends up being a terms and conditions page. It's you know twelve, thirteen items long. You know, that, that's not really to the uh, end consumer's best interest. You know, they're, generally speaking, not going to follow through on that. So what's happened there is that the publisher's taken their time and their energy and, and their real estate to promote an offer which is going to get click-throughs but not going to get conversions. And that's, that just doesn't help. It's a right. poorly, th- poorly thought-out promotion plan.
4: That offer needs to be attractive, bottom line. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, not going to work for anybody. Um, Some other really quick items just before we uh, head out for the day. Um, Make sure that you're communicating things clearly. Again, this comes up in every call. Communicate, set the expectations with the publishers. That will help them to set expectations with the end users, and that will make for just a better experience. Um, Have creative assets available. Have landing pages, text links, banners and buttons Focus on banners and buttons for the you know the, the big long term offers, not for every little sale. Um, add offers to your data feed. Many people you know you don't utilize the data feed in a way to push rebates or sale price items. To say, hey, here's the regular price, here's the sale price, and, or if you have free shipping, add it in there.
3: And to that point, actually, I would encourage all, um, everyone that any advertiser that's using uh, promotions to create a promotional feed that's separate from your your normal data feed. Um, these days, a lot of new publisher models are coming into play that, that are going to be utilizing either data feeds or web services in some way or another, and they can take those individual feeds and, and do a, a, a great deal of promotion work for you because uh, it helps them automate and scale. So separate it from the regular catalog.
4: Definitely. And then one last item that I want to hit home to people, to advertisers specifically, is track your ROI. Make sure you know that you can afford the offer before you put it out there. If you can't provide an offer for all of your products, we all know margins are tight, provide it for specific categories of products. Sometimes the specific product itself, the specific SKU is too detailed. Offer it for the whole category of SKUs. This will give you a little more flexibility. It will help you manage your profit margins, and make sure that the, the campaign is successful. And that goes into also, you know, finding out where your, your budget is coming from. Is this from the affiliate budget? Is it a more mark, general marketing or paid placement budget? Or is it maybe coming from some of your manufacturers who have money to burn because they might want to launch a new product? So make sure you're utilizing all those funds so that you can actually, you know, give affiliates some really good offers.
3: Absolutely. It's always going to be in your best interest. Well, that that was a great list. Thanks, Robin. Um, And I think we're done for the day. We need to actually get off the air now. Uh, Someone's clamoring clamoring for the studio. So be sure to join us next week uh, for Affiliate Marketing Today. We're always live, Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to us on your cell phone through the MobileCast Network, and you can always download us as a podcast off of webmasterradio.fm or maybe subscribe to us through iTunes. Um, But thanks again, Robin. Say, say goodbye to everybody.
4: Have a good
3: one. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.